everybody. Welcome to EDU Me, the podcast that focuses on bridging the gap and fostering a stronger relationship between parents and schools by empowering parents to become partners in their children's education. My name is Poonam Saxena, and I am your host for this podcast. I am so excited to have you here today because I'm sharing a little bit of an article that I just wrote for Authority Magazine. And if you haven't checked out this magazine, you need to. There are so many amazing local writers who are sharing their wisdom with the world. Everything from education to finance to business to parenting to self-care. All of these amazing topics that we need to be learning about. So I've had the good fortune to have written three articles for them in the past several months. And today I'm going to share with you a snippet of one of the latest articles that I have written because I think it's so important for us to have a full, well-rounded conversation about education. EDUME does focus on the parents and how we can best help them engage in their children's schools, become partners, and really change the trajectory of a child's education. My latest article was actually written about five things that we can do to change the U.S. educational system. Now I know that sounds like a huge mountain to overcome, but it's really not because when we break it down, There are certain things that are just common sense. That's what I'm going to say. It's just common sense. So let's first talk about the things that we are doing well in education. Because before I give you my thoughts and my suggestions on what we should do, let's talk about the good things that we are doing. Let's talk about our heroes. Our heroes are our teachers. They work so many hours Not only during the school day, but planning, learning, reading, researching, collaborating, grading, preparing to ensure that your child has a great day at school tomorrow. That's a pretty huge task to put on one person. And then you throw in a pandemic and some extra curricula stuff and you have someone who still loves to teach because it's their passion. It's their love. Teachers are leaving our profession because they're overwhelmed and they're tired. So we really need to lift our heroes up and pat them on the back. And we're going to talk about some other things we can do to help our heroes as well but they're one of the best parts of education. Now, I know some of you guys are going to disagree with me on this, and that's okay, because I have a double-edged sword when it comes to data. I love it, and I hate it. I think data gives us so much information and can really give us specifics on how we can help our children. And yet, it seems that we are data-driven. That's all we do. 
So while that information is fantastic and it helps hone exactly how we want to teach concepts, it can also be a deterrent. I know I'm telling you the good things we're doing in education and I'm not being very positive, but those are good things. The other thing that we've learned, especially in the last two years, is how to be flexible. Good grief. If we have not learned how to be flexible now, I don't think there's a shot ever for us to be flexible. That's a really good thing. We've learned that we can learn from home, albeit not ideal, or be in a classroom with masks and learn. Again, not ideal. But we're flexible. We're trying to make it work. And that's critical for our children and their mental health. The next thing that's not my strong suit is technology. Our children have access to so much more information with different points of views that, wow, you and I, well, some of you and I had to go to a library and go to an encyclopedia that was three to five years old. The information was outdated. Our children have current up-to-date information at their fingertips. Complete mind-blown, right? And the last thing that I think we're doing really well, well, let me rephrase that. We're doing better at, I don't think we're doing really well at it, but we're starting to meet the cultural needs of our students whether they're coming from a socioeconomic situation or a ethnic situation or a religious situation, whatever it is, we're beginning to understand how important those viewpoints are from our children to ensure that they feel worthy, that they have the self-confidence they need, and that they are accepted. So those are five things that I think we're doing okay in. So of course, if I'm going to tell you the good things, I've got to tell you some things that I don't think we're doing great at. And that's okay. We're never going to be at a perfect 100. We're always going to be striving for better. And striving for better is better than staying stagnant. Any day of the week. So here are some things that I think we need to do better right now. We need to prioritize what we want to improve. Where are we lacking? Where are we? Are we getting a whole picture of the child? I would assume right now the answer is probably we're doing the best we can. So we do need to ensure that we are prioritizing where we're heading. We also need to make sure, and this is a whole premise of EDUME, is that education is a team effort. It's not a you versus them, they versus you, whomever you put in the sphere of education. It's a team effort without teachers, We cannot have curricula that we need taught to our children. And if you're like me, 
I trust my teachers to do a better job of teaching than I could to my children. Now, some of you are just angels on earth and can be homeschool parents. That was not me. I relied on my teachers, but also they relied on me to tell them what was going on in home if my child had had a bad day or a rough morning or we had some family issue. It's a team effort. I need to know what's going on in the classroom just as much as the teachers need to know what's going on at home. I'm not talking about every little grimy detail. I'm talking about where the mental state of your child is so that the teachers can adapt. And speaking of adapting, how about the changing times? Every day seems to be a new day in the education field. Are we home? Are we not? Mask, no mask. And just when we think we're coming out of the pandemic, which it appears, as I say this reluctantly, that we might be, how is that affecting our students and their learning? And what about education for all? We talk about it all the time. It's on the news, it's in the newspapers, it's on every blog. Education for all. What does that mean? We need to focus on that. And remember when I said, back when I was talking about meeting the cultural needs, we're doing better, but we've got more to do. The next thing I'm going to ask you to consider is how much is too much? Are we at a breaking point yet? Are our teachers so overwhelmed that they just can't do anymore? I saw a meme the other day, maybe it was yesterday, and it was a cartoon of this teacher and all of the burdens that she carries when she walks into the classroom. Where's the breaking point? When are we going to start taking some of those issues off of their plates? We need to get back to where parents are partners and they're shouldering some of that responsibility. Now, I know many of us do shoulder that responsibility, and I am not at all diminishing what parents are doing and how busy they are. But we do need to look at what the breaking point is because we are losing our teachers at a record number. And we need our good teachers. I want qualified teachers teaching children. And the child needs a team. They need to know that they're supported at school and at home. And that team means that parents and teachers have to work together because you can't have a school team and a home team. You've got to have one team and you're working in the same direction. So those are some areas that I think we can improve on in the immediate future. But this article that I wrote for Authority Magazine 
it actually asked, what can we do to change the educational infrastructure as a whole? I'm talking federal departments of education, state, local, and school. What can we do as a whole to change education for the better? So I've got five things for you. And I've alluded to some of these earlier. It's worth repeating. We have, we have, we have to value our teachers. All of the work, all of the burden, all of the knowledge, all of the wisdom, all of the sympathy and compassion and empathy. We have to value them. So how do we value them? Well, the very first thing I'm going to share is, as a former teacher, I think every teacher needs a raise. I don't know one teacher who's going to disagree with me. But we don't do that. We don't value them and compensate them for all the time and energy they put in to forming and guiding our future leaders. They are pivotal in ensuring that students are confident and they're excelling to the best of their abilities. And we don't pay them enough. They go home and they worry about students. They try and ensure that the child is getting what they need. And what do we give them? Well, one school board in Florida gave them a $200 raise over the course of one year. A little over $12 a month. Really? Come on. That's not valuing a teacher. That's appeasing some third party. And it is, in my opinion, demeaning to have given them that raise. Shame on whomever thought that was a good idea. They deserve so much more. And they also deserve to be respected. I know I'm not saying anything new to many of you, but we've got to start ensuring that our professional teachers are valued for their professional work. There's no other profession that I know of that gets paid so little to do so much. The second thing that I think we need to do is we need parents, teachers, to be at the decision-making table. Parents who understand the education system, who have the best interests of the children in mind, and can work with the departments of education and the districts 
to ensure that we are focusing our energies where we need to. Every team member of a child's education should have a voice at the table. I know many times people are like, yeah, but we had so-and-so come. If you don't have full representation, then it is not a holistic approach. The third thing that I will say is it needs to be student-focused. Somewhere along the line, we have forgotten that our children are the primary stakeholder and beneficiary of the mandates and curricula we put down. We have to reprioritize data. And I know I said data was a good thing, but this is where it's not. We're so data-driven that we've forgotten that our children are children. They're young people who are learning and growing and developing and really don't have full maturity to make decisions, which is why we need adults at the table who will prioritize them and ensure that it is student-focused. The fourth thing I'm going to share is we need business involvement. Businesses need to understand that parents need time to be in their schools. To listen, even go read a book for an hour. To be a mentor to a struggling child. Businesses need to invest their employees' time back into the school. Because guess what happens? In 10, 15 years, that's your workforce. And if you've not invested in them, you may not have the workforce you want. And I'm not talking CEO caliber or Fortune 500 companies. I'm talking about day-to-day workers who make a difference in our lives and make it easy. Businesses, let's do this. We can ensure that our workforce and our work leadership is cultivated early. And the last thing that I will share with you that I shared in this article that we need to do as a systemic change is we need financial support. If we're not getting resources, adequate resources from our financial institutions that support education, then we need to find ways to fund education now. We spend an inordinate amount of money on all of these other agencies and departments And yet, the first area that's cut is education. And it's mind-boggling that that is even on the table. 
Personally, I'm willing to sacrifice some of those agencies' fundings and live a little less comfortably to make sure that our children have the resources, the financial support that they need to succeed because our children deserve that. Yeah, this has been a pretty heavy episode, and I know, I'm sorry, it is, but it's so important that we continue to have dialogue, that we are trying to make change in a positive manner, and that we are working towards a change that's going to help our children, help our teachers, help education, help our future, because at the end of the day, I'm a middle-aged woman. I need, I want, I desire for the young people who are coming up behind me to take care of me, to support me. Because that's what we do in society. The circle of life, we keep helping each other whether we're babies or young adults or students or middle-aged people like me. It's our duty to ensure that we prioritize education. And so, if you're interested in reading the full article that I wrote for Authority Magazine, I will link it in the show notes for you. I would encourage you to share it with anyone that you think might learn or benefit from it. And I'm going to ask you for another favor. If you could possibly like it, that would be awesome. And even make a comment if you could. I would be ever so grateful. So check it out. Let me know what you think. You can always email me or Send me a DM on social media. I'm happy to respond. And remember, until next time, we are all working together to educate our children better. It's our responsibility. Take care, stay well, and I'll see you next time. Bye, guys.